Y'all Orchestra fires up. That is our cue to get going. Hello, welcome into the Wednesday edition of our conversation about all of the South. John Rawl is my name. I'm the general of all things Southern, and it's great to have you back here as we've got several hours of conversation about what's going on news-wise, what's going on political-wise, what's going on business-wise, sports-wise, cultural-wise, and so much more. We want to know what's going on across the South, and that's why this show exists, for us to figure out and give our Southern perspective on everything going on. We've got a very busy first hour today. We've got some news and opinion with our headlines. White nationalism is the subject of the day, and I've got a few things to say about that. Is the Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville in the news Tuesday trying to backtrack off of what he said Monday night when he got interviewed by his fellow Alabamian on TV, Caitlin Collins, making a name for herself, getting all the headlines with her interview with Coach Tuberville. We'll talk about all that in our headlines today. We also have other news coming in from across the South that we'll share with you. And we have a sports update, a recap of Tuesday night's Major League Baseball All-Star Game. It was a nail-biter. And, hey, the senior circuit with a nice victory for the first time in a a while. We'll have info on the All-Star Game and lots of college football news. Kirby Smart talking about speeding. What's that all about? I'll explain in our Southern Sports Report here in this first hour. Also, we have hashtag hullabaloo coming your way. And we're going to tell you all about Bethany College. Are you a Bethany College alumnus? If you're not, if you you don't know where this is, I'm going to tell you all about the Mountain State's Bethany College because it showed up in a social media post this week. Also, we're going to inform you about writer Ashley Morris out of New Orleans. We'll have all that as part of our hashtag hullabaloo today. Also in this y'all show for the Wednesday that we find ourselves in, we've got coming up in our second hour, a Southern Business Spotlight. And I'm going to talk about a dumb, I mean dumb DU Triple M decision that McDonald's has just made. They're ticking me off. McD, Ronnie McDonald, what are you doing? And it has to do with sweets. So we'll have that as part of our Southern Business Spotlight. Plus, I think today wraps up the two-day Amazon Prime Day. And why is Amazon having Prime Day smack dab in the middle of July? I'll tell you why. It's part of our Southern Business Spotlight coming up in our second hour. And today we also have Megan Headwall joining us once again for a great discussion about the South. So we'll have all that coming up right here on y'all if you'd like to get involved we've got a 24 hour seven day a week text line that you can text us 615-208-4184 or you can drop us an email anytime mail m-a-i-l at y-a-l-l.com mail at y'all.com would love to hear from you because not only do we value your opinion of what we're saying and doing but we want to know what you want us to cover we want you to participate this is a participatory program that we call the y'all show and so it's a lot more fun when it's not just me here babbling it's nice to have other people weigh in about what's going on in their part of the south or their opinion on whatever we've got going on in the headlines and more so come on and and join in on the fun the y'all show broadcast on awesome radio stations and we're also available in podcast form check out the absolutely free y'all show podcast that you can find just search when you're on these apps y'all show and you'll find us 
in Spotify. We're also on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app. We're in Apple Podcasts, and we're in Apple iTunes. Plus, you can find the Y'all Show put right there on the homepage at y'all.com. The South's homepage is yall.com, and you can find our gallery of more than 600 episodes of the show that shakes the Southland right there at y'all.com. All right, let's dive into some of the news headlines today as we get our fun beginning and get it underway for this first hour of our y'all show so what was, i think it was this week i think it might have been monday it could have been tuesday we have our southern political report i think it must have been tuesday see this is how when you start cranking out so many shows you, you kind of lose track of when you talked about things but i know it's been recent we talked about tommy tuberville the senator from alabama the senior senator of Alabama because he's been in office about two years while Katie Britt, the newcomer from the Yellowhammer State, she's only been in office a couple of months. So yeah, Tommy Tuberville, the former college football coach, now U.S. Senator from Alabama, in the news in a big way here this week as he, and I saw this interview when it was happening live Monday night on CNN, he was on Caitlin Collins' primetime show on CNN. And she's from Prattville, just up the road from Montgomery. And, of course, Tommy Tuberville has spent mm, about 20-something years now over on the Plains as he was the head coach at Auburn before going off and coaching at other colleges, but still found his way back to Alabama. Nestled in between that time, fishing down on the Florida Gulf Coast. I think that's where he primarily lived, if you want to know the truth. And that was based on his own social media stuff i mean i remember when he was running for office we we actually interviewed him here on the y'all show i'll have to pull that up sometime and let you hear tommy tupperville great interview because hey when you can talk politics and football yeah you're going to be in, in, in hog heaven in my opinion but yes tupperville interviewed this week because he's been holding out on some military promotions and i don't really fully gather what his rub is but he's like the only one doing this and it's really holding back about 200 military promotions the united states marine corps semper fire to you currently does not have a commandant they have a a sort of acting commandant because the one that they've had just retired in the last couple of days and they can't officially bring in a new commandant unless congress approves the senate u.s senate approves specifically and tuberville's holding that promotion period up so, in because this is getting some national attention, Tuberville got interviewed Monday night on The Source with Caitlin Collins, which is a new show on CNN. And kudos to Caitlin, the Alabama Crimson Tide alumnae. Got this great opportunity. Southern girl. We're rooting for her. But she's got that CNN inside her. And she doesn't mind trying to bring down conservatism and i don't even know if she's liberal i don't think she is and i don't think this is good journalism i'm not sure i wish i had the cl- the full clip of the interview i don't have that so some of this i'm i'm trying to sift through the ashes of this interview in its post-mortem condition why she even brought up the word white nationalism is beyond me i assume she was talking about should people who have a white nationalist background 
be allowed in the military. I think that might have been what led to this whole white nationalism discussion that now Tommy Tuberville stepped into and had to go backtracking Tuesday. Because Monday night, Tuberville called the idea that white nationalists believe white people are superior to other races. To other races. He called that some people's opinion. If people think that a white national is a racist, I agree with that, he said on Monday night. And then Caitlin Collins defined white nationalists as someone who believes that the white race is superior to other races. And what Tuberville responded with was, well, that's some people's opinion. And Caitlin Collins, who's a little bit of a smart aleck, fired back, that's not an opinion. And then Tuberville, in this back-to-back here, said, my opinion of a white nationalist is an American. Now, if that white nationalist is a racist, I'm totally against anything that they want to do because I am 110% against racism, Tommy Tuberville said. So this went back and forth, and the media had a field day coming against Tommy Tuberville, and he ends up on Tuesday essentially walking back some of his comments. In fact, I mentioned the junior senator from Alabama's Katie Britt. She said white supremacy and racism have absolutely no place in our country, period, the end. That's what she said. And so Tuberville got called out on the Senate floor. Chuck Schumer said comments like what Tuberville said are very, very dangerous, saying the senator from Alabama is wrong, wrong, wrong. The definition of white nationalism is not a matter of opinion. White nationalism, the ideology that one race is inherently superior to others, that people of color should be segregated, subjugated, and relegated to second-class citizenship, is racist down to its rotten core. That from Chuck Schumer. So Tuberville, again, opened up a can of worms by essentially not stomping out white nationalism when the word was even brought up. And because of that, he got attacked Tuesday he finally, at some point Tuesday on Capitol Hill, told reporters white nationalists are racist. That's what Tuberville said. And I saw some of the talking heads Tuesday night. Boy, they had a field day on this. Anything to get away from talking about Hunter Biden and, and Joe Biden, I'm sure, is welcome fodder for the media in, 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 uh, in, in Washington, D.C., and anywhere, and nationally. But one person that had some common sense said hey what he said may not been may not have been right or might have been wrong but within hours he was backtracking he was apologetic he was trying to clean it up we got to give him some credit for that and even on monday night when this interview was live and going on on cnn he did specifically say about racism was wrong i'm 110 percent against racism is what Tommy Tuberville said Monday evening. So you, you got to give him some credit. And this is a guy, again, who has been surrounded by minorities his whole career. I mean, he's had football teams that have been probably 75% black at times. This is a guy who knows how to inspire men of color. This is a man who has to go into people's houses and woo them, people of color. So I have to believe this guy just didn't know the trap that Caitlin Collins was setting. So, as we go forward on today's y'all show, 
I'm going to talk a little bit more about this whole buzzword from the Tommy Tuberville scandal. And that buzzword is white nationalism. What exactly is it? Is it code for the Klan? I'm going to tell you a little bit about the Klan today. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Ku Klux Klan, specifically the modern-day Klan. And is white nationalism code for KKK? Is that what this is all about, really? Or is the KKK essentially completely irrelevant in 2023? I'll have more to say on this subject and the debate that Tommy Tuberville has now brought into the fold with his not stomping out the word white nationalism. And, and I'll have, when I talk about the Klan, believe it or not, there is a KKK-related story that has nothing to do with Tommy Tuberville that's coming out of Middle Tennessee this week. And I'll fill you in on that in our headlines in our second hour of today's y'all show a couple other matters before we move over to other items in this opening hour of the y'all show let's bring you in on joe biden and the administration of president biden calls it a student loan safety net opponents call it a backdoor attempt to make college free that's what's going on as the biden administration starting this summer millions of americans millions of americans with student loans will be able to enroll in a new repayment plan that will offer some of the most lenient terms ever. Interest won't pile up as long as borrowers make regular payments. Millions of people have have monthly payments reduced down to zero, zero dollars. That's 0.00. And in as little as 10 years, any remaining debt will be canceled. This is called the SAVE plan, S-A-V-E. And it was announced last year by the Biden administration. And... It's been overshadowed by the president's proposal for mass student loan cancellation. But check it out and learn more about this program from the Biden administration, this SAVE plan, a plan to cut student loan payments for a lot of people down to $0. And it's going to get challenged, just like the Biden debt forgiveness, student debt forgiveness just got struck down by the Supreme Court. He's fighting or saying he's going to fight big time against that decision. But a new, new policy. They're they're going to do what they can to court the college-age students. That is the lifeblood, it looks like, of the current Democratic Party, the young generation, the generation of me, me, me. And me, me, me means, hey, I can do something and I don't have to pay for it because Uncle Sam's going to take care of me. Uncle Sam's going to be here for me forever and maybe uncle sam will be hey that's a, a good for you good for you there uh 18 year olds and 20 year olds yeah go vote go for biden but the rest of the country who's having to pay for this stuff are sitting there saying you know when i was 22 years old coming out of college if i had a, even had a chance to go to college i worked my tail off i got out of school and i had debt that I had to pay for. Nobody was going to come in and parachute in and rescue me with my decisions to study underwater wood carving. And now I can't get a job. And now Biden, again, that administration is solidly pushing to try to help out this generation that's 
going to be going off to college and more. We just don't have the money. We just don't have the money. We owe more than we could ever probably dig up, unless we start selling off stuff. And I'm okay with that. I still think we should sell Vermont. Get rid of Vermont. Yeah, get just get rid of it. We don't need it. And, and by the way, sad, sad news there this week, but it's flooding in a big way up there in New England, and they're having some real tough times in Vermont right now. But we could sell Vermont and, uh, heck, sell Puerto Rico as far as I'm concerned. They don't want to be part of America either. They just want to get the benefits. No offense, Puerto Rico, but that's, that's kind of the way it's been. Y'all want to be American light, and, and we treat you kind of like a redheaded stepchild, Puerto Rico, because there's been movements to make Puerto Rico a state, and most of America does not want to see Puerto Rico as a state. They couldn't even have Pat pointed out on the map where it is, and I have a hard time pointing out on the map where it is, and I like maps because it's kind of sandwiched down there kind of to the south. What is it? Southwest of Cuba? And so, yeah, there's a lot of islands in the Caribbean, so you got to make sure you, you pick the white, right one. But Puerto Rico is a pretty big one. But then you got the other smaller islands that are still part of Puerto Rico, right around it too. Villa, Villa Ways, Villa something. That's where the Navy used to have all the bombing. They used to do all their firing exercises on that island off of Puerto Rico, and it's just not a safe place to go to. I don't think you can go to actually. So yeah, that's that's what's going on there geog- geographically with the country right now. We'll have a whole lot more to say as we often do on the y'all shows. We go through more of our headlines and a little tease of what's still to come here with our news headlines of the day. Want to let you know that we have coming out of FedEx in Memphis that FedEx office workers are going to have to go back to work in person three days a week. We'll have information coming out of Memphis on that plus tick bites on the rise around the country we'll have info on that information and before we get out of here today i'm going to tell you about thanks to a recent magazine survey the best outdoor venues to go eat around the country and there's at least one place in the south that is going to be a popular place for you to go enjoy outdoor dining and it's a place that many of us have seen because it's there on the panhandle of florida one of the best places for outdoor dining i'll explain that in our headlines today plus hey i gotta throw this in too i i can't wait to cover this one because i want to know what's going on with hardy's because it looks like carl's jr is going to be opening up its first restaurant in the state of florida what's going on with hardy's that they let the competition and they're kind of sort of the same company but what is going on with carl's jr coming from the west coast all the way to the south you know in our fast food discussion we kind of need to know what's going on we'll have all of that coming up in our continued headlines of the day but when we come back on the y'all show we've got a southern sports report to tell you about a recap of tuesday night's all-star game and some college football news and notes that's coming up right after this
But I had no one to return to As I wandered through the night From the first time that I saw you Standing silent by the shore I knew my search was over And I would look for love no more Deep in the waters of love I am falling Sinking like a stone Deep in my heart I can feel love calling Going once, going twice, going gone Going once, going twice, going gone And indeed, that's what happened at the All-Star Game on Tuesday out in Seattle as Diaz of the National League hit a homer to left field, going, going, gone, and that home run resulted in a National League victory in the latest All-Star Game. The Midsummer Classic goes to the senior circuit 3-2 to two. there at an American League ballpark in Seattle and the NL with a rare win. It doesn't happen all that much that the National League picks up its win. In fact, it's the first win by the National League since 2012. <laughs> the Colorado Rockies slugger there, Diaz, who isn't even that well-known, to be honest with you. I'm not I'm not familiar with him until he homered here in the All-Star game in the eighth inning, able to pull that off, and, and the National League able to cling on. Duval got the win there for the National League. The loss goes to Bautista. But a big, big win for the National League at the All-Star Game. We're here at the Y'all Show. We're talking about sports here in this segment of our conversation of what's going on across the South. And with the Major League guys taking a day off before some of them get back and and going on Thursday with some games. Most of them don't have games now because of the All-Star break until Friday. This gives me an opportunity to fill you in on the standings of Major League Baseball. We've got one really, really, really good team in the American League, and that would be from right here in the south. The Tampa Bay Rays have the best record, I think, in all of baseball. I have to, no, no, no. They got bested here by another team in the south. The, the Rays are 58-35. and 35. That's good enough for a two-game lead over the Baltimore Orioles in the American League East. So they got the best record in the AL for sure. In the AL Central, Cleveland has just a a half a game lead right now over the Twins during the All-Star break. And the Twins and Tigers nipping on the heels of the Cleveland Guardians. And the AL West, congratulations to everybody in Arlington because the Rangers lead the American League West. A little bit of a surprise. Most people had your defending World Series champions, Houston Astros, pegged for leading this division the entire really the whole season but right now the other team in texas the rangers enjoy a two-game lead over those h-town strows as the rangers have a 52 and 39 mark 
at the All-Star break. At the National League level, let's look over there at the NL East. And how about those Braves? The Braves, by far the best team in the National League with a 60-29 and 29 record. The best team in baseball right now. Are the Braves going to actually get to 100 games this year? 100 wins, that is. I think Snitker has a real good chance. Is is this perhaps his best team? It was in 20, what, 2021 that the Braves won the World Series. And right now, even though they got rid of some very popular players, primarily Freddie Freeman, the Braves seem to be on the warpath to another NL East title. 60-29 and 29 is the Bravos' record. That's eight and a half better than the second place Miami Marlins. A surprise there from South Florida. South Florida there in second place. The Phils are 12 games back of Atlanta with a 48 and 41 mark. In the NL Central, the Cincinnati Reds, this is a close division this year. And the Reds right now with a one game lead over the Milwaukee Brewers in the NL Central. The Reds have not often been in the clubhouse or in the penthouse, rather, when it comes to baseball standings but they enjoy right now a very good one game lead over Milwaukee St. Louis meanwhile 11 and a half games behind Cincinnati at the current time St. Louis is in the cellar of the NL Central the Cubbies for all you Cubby fans out there there's still a chance you have a 42 and 47 record but that's seven games behind the red leggings at the current time. And over in the NL West, it's been a little bit of a back-and-forth affair between two of the teams there. And right now, they're kind of actually at the All-Star break, they are dead even as the Dodgers and Diamondbacks both have a, a, a same percentile standing in the NL West. The San Francisco Giants, eight and a half back of the Dodgers and Snakes in the NL West. As far as who is the worst team in, let's see, the National League, the team that's only won 34 games thus far, the Colorado Rockies. They're not doing good, but actually it's the Nationals that are 24 and a half games behind Atlanta in the NL East as the Nats have a 36-54 and 54 record. In the American League, the worst team is, and they've got some competition coming in from Kansas City, but actually it's the Oakland Athletics, soon to be the Las Vegas Athletics, I guess. The Athletics with a 25 and 67 record. That's a 27 percentile winning percentage for the A's there in Oakland. So a lot of lot of problems coming out of that franchise right now. And that is your Major League Baseball update. A little college football news before we get out of here in our opening hour. The Georgia Bulldogs head coach Kirby Smart said Tuesday that he has not yet solved the speeding issue that has plagued his team, but he's constantly looking for something as he's searching to find ways to address it. Just last week, one of his players, Samuel Mapemba, was ticketed for driving 88 miles per hour in a 55-mile-per-hour zone. That information coming in from the Oconee County Sheriff's Office. That's the county right next to Athens-Clark County. Watkinsville is probably where he was speeding, if I had to take a guess. And that particular speeding violation, going more than 30 miles over the speed limit, happened uh, just, I think, right around the same time that another player, receiver Marcus Jack Saint, 
was in court in Athens where he pled guilty to driving 90 miles per hour in a 45 mile per hour zone, doing twice the speed. And this, again, is for a program that sadly, back in January, lost one football player and one staff member in a car wreck because they went off the road speeding and possibly other things going on. And offensive lineman Devin Willick and football staff member Chandler LaCroix killed just after a huge national championship celebration in Athens. LaCroix did end up testing positive with blood alcohol concentration of 0.197. According to a toxicology report, the legal limit in Georgia is 0.08. So that would be twice the legal limit. And so drinking and speeding led to, unfortunately, two people losing their, two young people, one of them with so much potential because he had just won a national championship, and the other, Chandler LaCroix, with, she was a beautiful, talented, beloved member of the Georgia staff and by her family and more, and she loses her life when her SUV went off the road there in Athens. So just, Kirby needs to be, let's just say, smart about what's going on with his program and and Georgia I do believe they might win the award for the most drama off the field of any football team in the SEC and they've got a lot of competition don't kid me I'm not kidding you here but this has been going on a long time and I I know they win they're winners they they've they've won conference titles and national titles back to back now but off the field I'm not sure that they might need to convert UGA into some kind of military school and take the keys away from all these pe- people and keep them on campus and keep them studying and and, and um, just win championships and no more headlines. Only headlines coming out of Athens might need to be just winning, winning, winning. It's all about winning. I know a former president liked to say that. Georgia, to their credit, are winning, winning, winning. I guess they went without a loss last year now that I think about it I'm so used to teams losing a game early in the season and then bouncing back in the playoff and and taking it all but Georgia was unblemished in 2022 so Kirby's got it going on on the field, off the field Kirby, let's be smart when we come back on the Y'all Show we've got Hashtag hullabaloo coming your way. I'm going to tell you about Bethany College in West Virginia and a little bit about writer Ashley Morris of New Orleans. That's part of our fun where we go on social media and find just the dangest things. And that's coming up next. Almost heaven. West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is older, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze. Country roads, take me home to the place. Mountain Mama, take me home 
song from John Denver. A little Mountain State Love coming to you now here thanks to Hashtag Hullabaloo. Hello, I'm John Rawl, and this is where social media comes to us and comes to y'all because we find what's going on across the interwebs and share it with you. And on Twitter, Scantic Antiques. They are active on Twitter this week. Scantic Antiques is the account, and they have just put up a tweet that says, New listing, Rare Antique Southern School Bethany College freshman class program from 1890 and sure enough i click on it and there i see the freshman class program from bethany college in west virginia and you know what y'all i wasn't too familiar with bethany college so if you don't mind we're going to get our higher education here on today's y'all show and take a moment to learn all about bethany college it's located in bethany west virginia if you're trying to find that on the map it's about as northern as you can get in the south it's in that panhandle portion of west virginia where west virginia ohio and o and pennsylvania kind of all come together right off the ohio river not all that far from pittsburgh is where you'll find bethany west virginia and bethany college the first institution of higher education in the state of what's now West Virginia. Learning a little bit more about Bethany. It was formed, I guess, when this was technically Virginia, as Bethany was founded in 1840 as part of the Restoration Movement, and it gained support through the Virginia legislature. A liberal arts college, Bethany was chartered March 2nd of 1840 by the Virginia legislature and given all degree-granting powers of the University of Virginia. It was founded by Alexander Campbell, a minister of the Restoration Movement, who provided the land and funds for the first building and served as the first president. Bethany College, a four-year private liberal arts college affiliated with the Christian Church, also the Disciples of Christ, I guess is what they're most commonly known as, and have been affiliated with the Disciples of Christ since inception. The religious body of which Campbell was one of the principal founders continues to support and encourage the college but exercises no sectarian control. Bethany has admitted women since the 1880s. Again, this is in Bethany, West Virginia. Bethany is the birthplace of the social fraternity Delta Tau Delta as it was founded at Bethany in 1858. So how about that, Delta Tau Delta? Can I help you, help you, help you? During World War II, Bethany was one of 131 colleges nationwide that took part in the V-12 Navy College Training Program, and that helped students get a Navy commission. And it's just a lovely little spot there in Bethany, West Virginia. The campus is also home to Parkinson Forest, which in 2019 was added to the National Old Growth Forest Network. And that identifies the Parkinson Forest as the oldest old-growth forest in Brook County, West Virginia. Bethany College getting a little love here on today's Y'all Show, thanks to social media. This first institution of higher education in what is now West Virginia is back in the 1830s, 1840s. The Commonwealth of Virginia helped create this college. And then in 1863, West Virginia branched off and became its own state. I would say illegally did that, but when you've got a civil war going on, a lot of crazy things happen, y'all. 
<laughs> but Bethany College, and, and the reason this is being brought up is somebody here has found this rare freshman class program from Bethany College in 1890, and they've got it up for sale. And you can go take a look if it's still out there, courtesy of the Twitter account Scantic Antiques, who deal in American history every day through their items that they have available for all y'all to perhaps purchase. That's one of the neat things. There are a lot of people who love history like I do, but they make money off of the study of history. They find things like this Bethany College program. I had no idea that in the mountain state of West Virginia that the oldest college would be Bethany College. 1840. Salute! How about that? Way up in the panhandle of the West Virginia border with Ohio and Pennsylvania. And there you have it. You know now all about Bethany in West Virginia. Okay, let's get out along from higher education conversation and let's tell you about a New Orleans writer Ashley Morris here as part of our social media fund that we call hashtag hullabaloo because Lance Fletcher at Lance underscore Fletcher a writer editor and theatrical producer has put out something in regards to Ashley Morris and they put a link to Ashley Morris and some of the work of Ashley Morris. Let me tell you about Ashley Morris. Ashley Morris lived from 1963 to 2008. So did not live a complete 70, 80, 90 year old life. What is that? 40, 45 years old? Whenever Hinton Ashley Morris passed away in 2008. Morris was an American cultural and political blogger and professor of computer science at DePaul University in Chicago. He was a blogger commenting on New Orleans culture and politics, often critical of the status quo. Morris became popular through a series of post-Hurricane Katrina blog posts that dealt with the destruction caused by the hurricane and the efforts to rebuild New Orleans. One of his posts was a very not-so-family-friendly Post titled <clears throat> Ears F U U F F. Okay. And that ended up inspiring a t shirt that caught on in some sector, sectors of the country that said F Y Y F F. F Y Y F F. I might want to get one of those. Ashley Morris was a musician and played guitar keyboards percussion was a member of the Skyriders drum and bugle corps and was a percussionist while studying at the University of Southern Mississippi was part of the Pride of Mississippi marching band in the early 1980s and again was a blogger and more and according to Lance Fletcher the late writer and, and the poetry that you can find there is a link on Lance Fletcher's post that you can follow that will show you more of the style but not exactly family friendly poetry but hey Lance Fletcher wanted us to be all reminded about the talent that Ashley Morris brought forth and shared on Katrina I guess if Ashley passed away in 2008 that would have been three years after Katrina brought its devastating path through 
the Big Easy, and more. And having gone to school at Southern Miss, Morris was quite familiar with New Orleans. I mean, Southern Miss has probably a third of its population there, student body-wise, coming from the New Orleans area. It is a great, great option for the Big Easy to go to college, get you out of New Orleans, but close enough where you can run back and have you some good uh, muffaladas or some good um, other items. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things you can have in New Orleans, and you can have some of that in Hattiesburg, too. <laughs> but we appreciate that share, and Ashley Morris, again, the subject of that tweet, if you want to learn more about that New Orleans-centric writer. We'll come back after this break and kind of close out our first hour of covering everything Southern. And once again, a big old salute to Bethany College in Bethany, West Virginia. If you're a Bethany alum, let us know about it here. Mail us. Our email address is mail at y'all.com. We'll be right back. gone through one hour of our three-hour fun time that we have each and every day of the y'all show giving you all the happenings of the south and we're going to do it twofold hang on we got hour two headed your way next and in hour two we're going to have more headlines coming in from across the southeast plus the latest in sports news more info on the falling the falling out of pat fitzgerald as head coach of northwestern we got info on the assistant coaches on that staff coming your way in our sports report. Also, we'll have our Southern Business Spotlight. We've got information on Amazon Prime, McDonald's, and America's Top States for Business. CNBC has just come out with a ranking, and I'm going to walk through how the South did for the Top States for Business. All that coming up in Hour 2. We want you to join us, so we'll be right back. Southeast. John Rawl is my name, and this is y'all. How y'all doing out there? We want to encourage you if you'd like to drop us an email, we welcome that at mail, M A I L, mail at y'all.com. Y'all.com is the South's homepage, and we're proud to have them helping us out here as they at y'all.com. And I have a little bit to do with y'all.com. Uh, we have great stories up there, we have great great conversations videos we got the y'all show podcast right there at y'all.com so get a chance check check it out i think you'll like it especially if you got a little south of your mouth in this hour of the y'all show we've got headlines from across the southeast that we will be continuing on we've got another sports update for you and i've got more info coming out of big 10 country pat fitzgerald fired late monday into tuesday 
as the head coach of the Northwestern Wildcats just weeks before the Wildcats show up for the start of the 2023 college football season. This is a program that just last year, 2021, that would be played for the Big Ten Championship, and he's been a very good coach, the most successful head coach in Northwestern football history. And he he was let go because of hazing allegations, and we've got info coming out of that Big Ten program in our Southern Sports Report coming up in a few minutes. And before the hour is up, we've got our Southern Business Spotlight of the week. And we'll let you know about Amazon Prime Day as it continues today. Why does Amazon have this thing stuck right in the middle of July? I'll have the answer. Plus, McDonald's is ticking me off, and I'll tell you why. I like these things that they've been offering for a while. And then last Friday, I had to go out of town, and I stopped by McDonald's around 10, 15 in the morning. And I saw this staring at me on that beautiful board that they've got at your McDonald's drive through that's all lit up and pretty. And I saw this thing staring at me, and I said, you know, I, I think I'm going to get I don't need it, but I'm going to get one of these things, and it's maybe the best I've ever had. And now McDonald's is stabbing me in the back. Come on, Mickey D. We'll talk about that in our Southern Business Report. Plus, CNBC has just come out with America's Top States for Business. And I'm going to walk through the South. It is wonderful news, Dixie. We're kicking butt and taking names when it comes to business in America. And I'm going to tell you where your state ranked when we get to that Southern Business Spotlight here in Hour 2. Hour 3, reminder, Megan Headwall will be back with us. So get ready for some great, great conversation with the talented Megan Headwall coming up in our final hour. The Y'all Show podcast, if you are catching us on that podcast, thank you so much. We appreciate it. But if you're not familiar with the Y'all Show podcast and you want to get involved, it is a great way to stay involved, frankly, with the show that shakes the Southland. You can go on to a couple of different platforms and find us. Y'all Show is available in Spotify, we're also on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app. You can find us at Apple Podcast and iTunes, plus, as I just mentioned, at y'all.com. So it allows you to go back and listen at your leisure. If you need to pause us, you can do that all on our Y'all Show podcast. And we sure thank all of you who catch us each and every day on our great radio stations, which don't often have the option for rewinding or pausing or speeding up but but regardless, it sure sounds pretty, doesn't it? Coming through your favorite radio station. And so, yeah, we appreciate all of you who take the extra time to listen to us on terrestrial radio. Thank you so much. So, real quick, internationally, President Biden today, still in Lithuania, they had the NATO summit. And Biden and all the other major NATO powers met big time on Tuesday. Today... President Biden and the president of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky, getting together to talk about how America can continue to help out Ukraine in its battle against Russia. On Tuesday, it was determined that for right now, Ukraine is not going to be admitted as a NATO member. They don't need to be admitted because NATO's policy is if you're part of NATO and you get attacked by Russia, all of NATO will come to your aid and help you out. And we're not quite, we're not just quite ready for World War III. Not if we can help it. So, 
there's some conditions still need to be met before Ukraine would be admitted as a future NATO member. Uh, number one would be let's stop fighting a war with Russia. And let, let, they need to win that war. So in order to win that war, what Zelensky and President Biden today are talking about is more aid, more ways for Ukraine to get assistance from this country and others so that they can indeed defeat Vladimir Putin and Russia in this Russian-Ukraine war, which just I think it just officially crossed over 500 days now this has been going on. What was supposed to be a couple of days of a military exercise for the Russian Federation has turned into a nightmare. They just had their top general, the highest-ranking general, get killed in this war, in the 500 days. They've had other generals killed, but the most senior general just got killed in a strike in the last two days. It was a strike there. And uh, it wasn't Mariupol, but it was not far from there on the, on the Sea of Azov, I believe is what it's called. And that's part of the Black Sea, but it's where it goes inland. And, uh, it's kind of a, it's kind of like the Mississippi Sound is to the Gulf of Mexico, but a, a lot bigger, a lot bigger. And this guy got, he got killed. Another Russian naval submarine commander, pretty high up in the Navy, he got shot while jogging in Russia. He was out jogging, and evidently somebody was targeting him, and they were following him on some kind of app that people use to jog. I've used those kind of apps before. And somebody was following him, and when the guy got into a wooded area, they murdered him. They assassinated this Russian naval officer. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's a disaster. And guess what? It's only a disaster because of Vladimir Putin getting all greedy and wanting to take over Ukraine. That's it's it really boils down to that. And I know there are people who are not exactly the biggest Ukrainian fans and and are not necessarily wanting to help out Ukraine. And I'm not for helping them out with a blank check, and that looks like what keeps happening here. But this is just extremely easy to trace and see how blatant Vladimir Putin has been waging this war. It has been a nightmare in so many ways. And I don't know how they are still going on in Russia without a civil war. And the big news coming out here in the last day or two was Prigozhin, Mr. Wagner, military chief, instead of being sent to exile in Belarus, it's now being reported that he and Vladimir Putin got together in Russia. And that he's still in Russia. It's a banana republic going on in Moscow. So that's our daily Ukrainian update. Now back to more banana republic goings on in this country. So one of the big headlines today is Tommy Tuberville, the senator for the state of Alabama. And he got into some not so desirable waters thanks to a Alabama reporter and CNN host Caitlin Collins hosting the new CNN primetime show, The Source. This week she had Tommy Tuberville on Monday night talking about his decision to blockade military promotions. The reason he's doing that is the military's policy 
of helping people who want abortions that are in the military funding ways for them to go get abortions and Trump I'm rather Tuberville is now holding back promotions as a retaliation for that decision out of the US military so Monday night Caitlin Collins had Tuberville on as a guest and she was drilling him on this and the fact that most Republicans if not all Republicans besides Tuberville were not necessarily in support of his decision to blockade military promotions. The Marine Corps right now does not even have a commandant. And she was on the attack on that. Then, toward the end of the interview, and I'm going to play this portion now, thanks to CNN, I'm going to play the portion of the interview that now has gotten Tommy Tuberville into a fair amount of hot water over his comments about white nationalism or should I say his failure to attack white nationalism Monday night at least he changed his tune Tuesday but let's go back to the source and the show is called The Source from CNN's Caitlin Collins here is her Monday night conversation on primetime TV with Alabama U.S. Senator Tommy Tuberville I do want to give you a chance to clarify some comments you made recently on white nationalists serving in the military. For those who are watching, if they haven't heard your remarks, this is what you said. Do you believe they should allow white nationalists in the military? Well, they call them that. I call them Americans. Do you want to explain those comments, Senator? Yeah, first of all, uh, I'm totally against any type of racism, okay? I was a football coach for 40 years, and... I dealt uh, and, and had opportunity to be around more minorities than anybody up here on this hill. Uh, but when our military has been attacked, was being attacked after 9-11, after January 6th, and that was my first day on the Senate floor, I thought it was, I thought it was outrageous of what senators from the Democratic side, Chuck Schumer sat on the floor that night calling out people, calling people racist calling people nationalists, white nationalists. White nationalists is just another word that they want to use other than racism. Uh, I'm totally against anything to do with racism. But the thing about being a white nationalist is just a cover word for the Democrats now where they can use it to try to make people mad across the country, identity politics. I'm totally against that. But I'm for the American people. I'm for military. I'm for Christian conservatives. Democrats, whoever wants to be in the, uh, the the military, to fight for this country, to protect this country. That's what it's all about. But just to be clear, you agree that white nationalists should not be serving in the U.S. military. Is that what you're saying? If if people think that a white nationalist is a racist, I agree with that. I agree they should A white shouldn't. nationalist is someone who believes that the white race is superior to other races. Well, that, that's some people's opinion. Uh, and I don't think, that's I mean, a lot... Uh, pardon? What's your opinion? My opinion of a white nationalist, if somebody wants to call him white nationalist, to me is an American. It's an American. Now, if that white nationalist is a racist, I'm totally against anything that they want to do because I am 110% against racism. But I want somebody that's in our military, that's strong, that believes in this country, that's an American, that will fight along anybody, whether it's a man or woman, black or white, red, it doesn't make any difference. 
Uh, and, and so I'm a totally against identity politics. I think it's ruining this country, and I think that Democrats ought to be ashamed for how they're doing this because it's dividing this country and it's making this country weaker every day. All right, those were the comments that got Tommy Tuberville into, into the news cycle. Big story Tuesday as he had to clarify his comments. Ultimately, Tuesday, Coach Tuberville admitting that white nationalists are racist. That followed comments coming in from Chuck Schumer, his buddy that he was just citing there in that CNN interview, and others really pouring it on Senator Tommy Tuberville. Mitch McConnell pouring it on to Tommy Tuberville. McConnell saying white supremacy is simply unacceptable in the military and in our whole country. That's what McConnell said. Man, Chuck Schumer really tore into him on the Senate floor. I think that's where he said something about him. And Tuberville trying to... I mean, even his fellow U.S. Senator from Alabama, Katie Britt, was pretty clear in her statements about white nationalism and not exactly coming to Tuberville's aid on Tuesday. Our discussion now here on the Y'all Show isn't to keep piling on Tommy Tuberville, but and, and he did come out Tuesday, I must say, he did come out and say that white nationalists are racist, where he was being a little coy on it Monday night. What exactly is white nationalism I want to talk about that because I am a fellow that is a white guy and I'm a history guy but this term white nationalism frankly goes along with the term proud boys I really had never heard of either one of them until somewhere around January 6th maybe it's been out there and I just hadn't been paying attention but Boy, January 6th brought out this whole term in a huge way. White nationalism is defined as a type of racial nationalism or pan-nationalism, which has the belief that white people are a race and it seeks to develop and maintain a white racial and national identity. White nationalists say they seek to ensure the survival of the white race and the cultures of historically white states. White nationalism. The first use of the term white nationalist started back in 1951. And again, here in this country, I think most people would agree with me. It wasn't really a term that you heard until the last few years. So what is the difference between white nationalism And the old standby Ku Klux Klan, which most people obviously have heard of in the South. It's a feared organization. It is the racial organization that's most tied into this part of the world, the Klan. And is white nationalism just code for KKK? I, I, I don't know. I'm asking. I will tell you that the Klan, according to the information I've been able to dig up here, the modern KKK according to the research 
it's not just one organization. It's actually small independent chapters across the country. Now, more than 20 years ago, it was back in 1999, a Anti-Defamation League report estimated that the KKK and its size back 20 years ago was no more than a few thousand members organized into slightly more than 100 units. And I believe that. The Klan is tiny. The Klan, in a lot of ways, is non-existent. And that's a good thing. The Southern Poverty Law Center, based out of Montgomery, Alabama, which monitors, monitors extremist group, white nationalist Klan, etc., estimated there were at least 29 separate rival Klan groups active in the United States. So we've gone from 1999 roughly 100 units all all the way down in 2017 to according to the Southern Poverty Law Center which has its own problems by the way 29 separate groups so I'm thinking it's less than a thousand people that are even active clan members I don't think they necessarily go out and share their roster to the world that's a big part of the clan and its mystery the reason they wear the robes was to hide their identity but researchers say it's hard to estimate the Klan's actual numbers. Analysts believe that two-thirds of KKK members are in the South, with another third in the lower Midwest. I don't know if that's true. I, I really believe this, the Klan in the South is so tiny that you're likely to find more Klansmen out West. I, I, I believe that. Let me just tell you, I've only come across the Klan, or what has been claimed to be the Klan, one time in my time on Earth. And I realize I'm not a black man. I, I'm not I'm not out here maybe the subject of who the Klan's going to be coming after. I just live my life. But I happened to be in a, in a situation some 10 years ago where the Klan decided they wanted to protest, and I happened to be just around the corner from that. And when the Klan, which has every right, as any group has, uh, they have their, their First Amendment right to protest, and so they were given that right. But they were so pathetic. They were so pathetic in their protests that they had about three people show up to protest, and there were about 15,000 people to counter-protest these Klansmen, if they even were Klansmen. And there must have been 500 law enforcement personnel specifically dedicated to this event. It was such a waste of time and money. And the pathetic thing was, not only did they only have a handful of people from that side, the Klan side, show up, but they got so embarrassed that what should have been about a four-hour protest lasted about 15 minutes. They got the heck out of there. And I just had to think that the the Klansmen of yesteryear have to be laughing at these wimps of today. It's bad enough they're even in the Klan, but they can't even back it up when they have all this law enforcement protect, protection. Sure, they were being jeered by the crowd, but come on. After all the, the ruckus they caused, it was a complete waste of time and money. And I'm talking about it 10 years later. 
So with that in mind, is the Klan and the white nationalism exactly the same? I don't know, but Tommy Turville bringing out that white nationalism term this week. Now, back to Klan coverage here. And this has nothing to do with Tommy Tuberville. This has nothing to do with what I was just saying. But it is an example that maybe, just maybe, the Klan isn't completely gone. I didn't say they were gone. I just said they were irrelevant, in my opinion. But this week in Columbia, Tennessee, flyers for the KKK were posted on several businesses and churches there in that portion of Murray County. Left on church signs all of which were historically black churches. According to the pastor of the Mountie Calvary Missionary Baptist Church, Pastor Kenny Anderson, a flyer says that it warned people and it had an email address to the Ku Klux Klan saying, join the fight. And the pastor said when he found the flyer, he was more hurt than surprised saying we're living in a season of madness letting hate build up in you so much to where you want to be divisive all the time they do have some surveillance video there at that church and video shows a man slap a KKK flyer onto a food truck but more flyers were found plastered on the marquees of several churches there in Columbia, Tennessee all churches that had this thing show up there are planning to talk about the flowers at a news conference today. This is going to probably get a lot more attention today nationwide, but KKK flyers posted on churches and businesses in the middle Tennessee town of Columbia, Tennessee. So once again, an example that although not anywhere like it used to be, the Klan, or at least people trying to be the Klan, making headlines in 2023. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in the news. He said he would not be Donald Trump's running mate if given the opportunity to join him on the 2024 ticket. Appearing on the Wisconsin Right Now radio show this week, DeSantis says when asked about being Trump's running mate, quote, I don't think so. I'm not a number two guy. And he ended up saying that he doesn't believe that the vice president has any authority. As he said, I'm here to win the early primaries, and that's what we've got to do first. He's got a long way to go to win. And that was the right answer. You, you can't, when you're actively running for president, come out and say, oh, yeah, although I'm running for president, oh, I'd be happy to be my competitor's running mate if the time came. So, kind of a expected response, in my opinion. U.S. Senator Roger Wicker, he represents Mississippi, and now he is tweeting the Veteran Administration's response to a letter that he sent regarding a rainbow pride flag that was flying back in June at the Biloxi National Cemetery in Mississippi. As Senator Wicker and others in politics in the state of Mississippi sent a letter to the Veterans Administration criticizing the flying of a pride flag calling it public virtue signaling and a political stunt he was joined in the letter by Mike Ezell the congressman from Mississippi 
And now they've gotten a response from Patricia Ross, the Assistant Secretary for Congressional and Legislative Affairs. She responded on behalf of the Department of Veteran Affairs. In the letter to Senator Wicker, she said an Army veteran created the pride flag. Furthermore, she stated that the flag was flying during Pride Month to, quote, recognize the contributions of more than one million LGBTQ plus veterans in this nation and their families, caregivers, and survivors. She said to Wicker to direct additional questions to Congressional Relations Officer Amanda Newman. Hmm. Wicker took that letter, put it up there on social media, and responded himself, which I give Wicker credit. He's guy. He's been a placeholder. He's been completely quiet for the most part, representing the state of Mississippi in the United States Senate for the last 12 years. He was a congressman out of Tupelo that ended up becoming a senator. Maybe when Trent Lott got run out of being a senator. I think that's possibly when Wicker took that position. I'm I'm sure of it because Thad Cochran was the other senator back in the day. Wicker going on Twitter with this response after getting that smart aleck response back from the VA. Twicker writing on Twitter, our veterans expect the Department of Veteran Affairs to provide services, not promote controversial ideologies. Doubling down on flying the pride flag in place of an American flag at a veteran cemetery is disrespectful to the service members interred there. Amen, Roger Wicker. No excuse for a pride flag to be flying at a cemetery of our veterans, and there's no excuse, frankly, for a pride flag to be flying on any government building, period. Absolutely no reason for a it's a political flag. It's not the flag of some nation. It's a political flag. It has zero purpose flying on any kind of governmental building unless Congress deems it to fly there. And they haven't. They have not. These are all coming from decrees from politicos. I hate the black POWMIA flag flying on federal buildings now. That's a new thing that started a couple of years ago. I don't think it's necessary. Uh, I'm a flag guy. I love flags. I think the POWMIA flag is perfectly fine to fly at Memorial Day. But should it be flying at every post office as it is now? Should it be flying over the White House as it is or on Congress? No, we have no POWMIAs. Or if we do, it's so minimal, it's ridiculous. It's, 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 It's a silly flag to be flying all the time. But you know what? Congress approved its flying all the time. That's why it's there. Tom Cotton and Elizabeth Warren teamed up during the Trump administration and pushed that thing through. So although I don't like it because I think the whole POWMIA thing is somewhat irrelevant, I know we've got fallen members of our military still in places like Korea. I realize that. And I'm all for getting their remains back if we can. But I'm also sympathetic to those who've been killed in the line of of battle as I've had family members who've lost their lives and there's no flag for that there's no flag that flies on every building for all of those Purple Heart families and those families who 
I'm sure there are other flags representing different portions of the military. Why don't we fly the Marine Corps flag on the Marine Corps birthday on every building in the country? We could do that, but Congress hasn't authorized that. So here we go with the rainbow flag, which has zero. I mean, it's a 20, 20th century creation, for goodness sakes. And if a person wants to fly that flag on their private residence, great. That That's America. But on our government buildings, you know, I, I'm a lover of the Confederate flag and all the different Confederate flags. And there's actually probably a case that could be made that we should fly the Confederate flag in the South, at least, on government buildings for Confederate Memorial Day <laughs> because we had Congress has actually recognized that Confederate veterans are and soldiers were American soldiers and therefore they're given the rights of American veterans they can get headstones that the government the United States government will fund Confederate soldiers so there's an argument you could make that hey well we should recognize these guys because they're considered American soldiers but that won't fly it should but it won't so why are, I mean this is just silly 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 kudos to Roger Wicker kudos to Wicker for standing up and not taking it coming out of Washington D.C. all right I've got an axe to grind day, and I don't know why, but I do. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Let's take a break here on the Y'all Show because we've got a quick sports update we want to pass along before we move over and give you the Southern Business Spotlight. And Megan Headwall is going to be joining us, too. So all that is coming right up here on our conversation. We cover everything Southern. And, again, if you've got something to say, we want to hear from you. We've got an email address, mail, M-A-I-L, mail at y'all.com. Anytime you want, you can drop us that email, and we'll be happy to share, hear your thoughts on whatever we've talking about, or if you've got a suggestion of what we should be talking about. Sports Info coming up next. for Waylon Jennings that followed Amanda come with me here on the y'all show some slow way more music for you I haven't heard a whole lot of slow songs coming out of Waylon Jennings but that was one of them right there 
little Come With Me here on the Y'all Show. It's the show that covers everything Southern. I'm the General of the South, John Rawl. Thank you for being a part of Y'all. And a quick look at Southern sports as we've got news out of college football. Northwestern, the Wildcats out of the Big Ten, are going to keep the assistance that Pat Fitzgerald had there in Evanston after he was dismissed earlier this week, dismissed for hazing allegations. Athletic Director Derek Gregg informed the coaches and staff of their status in a meeting on Tuesday, and he's going to keep defensive coordinator David Braun. He's going to be managing the program as a liaison and actually could become Northwestern's interim coach. Five other assistants who joined the team during the offseason are going to likely stay, including the defensive coordinator who came over from North Dakota State, the Bison. Northwestern fired Pat Fitzgerald Monday amid the fallout from an investigation of hazing within the program. And turmoil, again, just coming weeks before the players show up to campus for this Big Ten program. And this will have ripple effects across all of college football because you're going to see coaches moving and coming and going and players and people who wanted to go play for Pat Fitzgerald now wanting to get into the transfer portal. So this does have effects right here in the South, too, with Northwestern, this Power 5 program, getting negative publicity from a guy who was well-respected. The winningest coach in Northwestern's program in their history, Pat Fitzgerald, out earlier in the week, and now most of his assistants, at least, will be retained on the coaching staff. Georgia's football coach Kirby Smart said Tuesday that he has not yet solved the speeding issue that's going on with his team, and they're looking to try to stop it. Maybe he should take the keys away from all of his players. Last week, outside linebacker Samuel Mapimba ticketed for driving 88 and a 55, and he got into hot water with the Oconee County, Georgia Sheriff's Office. And then you've got the case of Marcus Jack Saint as he in Athens pleaded guilty to driving 90 and a 45 mile per hour. Now, Georgia, the program where back on January 15th, Offensive lineman Devin Willick was in a car driven by football staff member Chandler LaCroix, and LaCroix's car went off the road, and both Willick and LaCroix were killed in this terrible crash hours after Georgia celebrated its national championship at Sanford Stadium. And so there are some major issues going on with this two-time national championship Georgia Bulldog football team. We had the Major League All-Star Game take place on Tuesday night in Seattle. The National League, for the first time in about a dozen years, since 2012, actually, the NL picking up the win in the All-Star Game as a member of the Colorado Rockies. Diaz homered 360 feet over in left field and scored a two-run homer to give the National League a lead that they were able to hang on to and the National League gets the 3-2 victory in the Midsummer Classic. Also want to let you know that the Open Championship in golf is going to be taking place next week at Royal Liverpool, and the winner is going to get a record $3 million. The total prize fund, $14 million. Last year's winner, Cameron Smith, the Aussie who lives in Jacksonville, Florida. Cameron got $2.5 million for his victory at Royal, well, at wherever it was last year. This year, the Open going to be played at Royal Liverpool. So they've moved up a 
$500 million, not a bad payday. And I've got to give Live Golf credit for helping the PGA Tour up its ante on the amount of money given to winners. So, yeah, big money in golf. I think I'm going to go pick up my sticks and see if I can't cash in on a few million before the Open Championship gets played a couple of days from now. And that is a look at some of the southern sports happenings here in this second hour of y'all. When we come right back, we've got a quick look at southern business news from McDonald's to Prime Day to the stop, top states for business, according to CNBC. All that is coming right up. there jameson rogers singing alongside luke combs in a big song love that one cold beer calling my name hmm gee that took a lot of brain cells to write that one but it sounds sure sounds good doesn't it hey welcome back it is y'all and time now for a little southern business news to wrap up our second hour of y'all so let me tell you about mcdonald's and they're in the news for the wrong reason, in my opinion. McDonald's, I'm coming after you right now because McDonald's has decided to stop serving some of their sweet items in the McCafe, some of their bakery items, and that's just criminal. That is absolutely asinine. The McDonald's McCafe bakery lineup, which consists of the apple fritter, the blueberry muffin, and the cinnamon roll, is being phased out sometime this month depending on where you're located mcdonald said it's always listening to their fans and adjusting their menu based on what they crave they rolled out this bakery lineup back in october of 2020 and i am a huge fan of that mcdonald's cinnamon cinnamon roll if you haven't had it please please before they take it away from you go have it i guess mcdonald's knows what they're doing but my goodness Breakfast sales at McDonald's has rebounded in recent quarters as people are now going into the office and resuming their pre-COVID routines. And McDonald's recently expanded a partnership with Krispy Kreme to sell donuts at nearly 200 locations in Kentucky. So is that why this is happening? They're getting rid of their own branded cinnamon rolls and blueberry muffins to prepare for perhaps North Carolina-based Krispy Kreme to come into your local McDonald's? Could be, could be. So maybe, maybe they know what they're doing. But right now, I'm going to have to cry looking for another cinnamon roll. A hot. I mean, it was hot. 
delicious and sweet cinnamon roll. Prime Day. Happy Prime Day, everybody. Amazon having that right now. It started Tuesday. These back-to-back days of Prime Day, which started its first Prime Day back in July of 2015. Prime Day is held to juice sales numbers during what are typically slow summer months. It also helps Amazon promote an early start to the back-to-school and college shopping period. So happy Prime Day. Amazon recorded $900 billion in sales during its first Prime Day of 2015. I don't have the numbers for this year because it's still going on, for goodness sakes. But Prime Day only makes up around 1% to 2% of Amazon's annual sales. But I know I... Where was I talking to somebody? Sometime yes, on, on Tuesday, they were telling me they were going and ordering a bunch of bathroom products because it was Prime Day. So for a lot of you... It's, it's kind of a big deal for Prime Day to happen. And Amazon got one more day. You better get your orders in early if, you, if you're able to. And lastly, in our business headlines, I want to tell you about the PGA Tour. I know this is sports-related, but they said that they had to come up with some kind of merger with the Saudi-funded Live Golf Tour because in a hearing Tuesday that they're having to have in in Washington, D.C., I believe is where this is taking place. They said that they were essentially being outspent by the Saudis, and so they had to make a decision. Ron Prince is the chief operating officer of the PGA Tour, and he, in his his comments to Connecticut U.S. Senator Richard Blumenthal, said that they had an unlimited horizon and an unlimited amount of money, talking about the Saudis, and they had to make a decision. An existential threat is what's being called. That's what Republican U.S. Senator from Wisconsin, Ron Johnson, is calling this deal from the Saudi Public Investment Fund, which is funding Live Golf, and it has 500 times the financial resources as the PGA Tour. And I guess Congress now looking into this merger because there might be some ramifications if this were somehow a trust violation going on in government. I wanted to tell you about the top states for business. I have run out of time in our Southern Business Spotlight today, so it's a great, great article from CNBC. I'm going to bring it back and maybe talk about it maybe in hour three. I may have to save it for another day, so I apologize. The good old clock on the wall just not allowing us to talk about that feature, but we will the top states for business and it's great news for the south by the way we'll wrap this hour of the y'all show up right after this timeout. so stay with us reminder that megan headwall will be joining us in hour three through another hour we're gonna do it we're gonna pull through this y'all and and knock out all three hours so hang on megan is here and we're gonna have fun talking about southern sayings in our final hour plus more headlines coming in from across the nation we are the show that's all about the south we are the y'all show hang on we'll be back
We're back with more of our conversation of what's going on in the South. John Rawl, now joined by Megan Headwall. Everybody, get up. Everybody, clap, clap, yell, scream. Okay, well, I don't know why they're not clapping, but I'm clapping internally. How you doing, Megan? Good to see you. Good. How are you? I'm good. We've got our final hour of y'all. We're going to have some news headlines that we'll be covering here momentarily, and then Megan and I are going to have some fun talking about sayings yes how y'all doing southern sayings. how's your mom and them is that one of them no (laughs) okay well you put that one on your list you can add it (laughs) okay how is your mama she's good do i need to call her up and confirm that no (laughs) okay is she awake this time of day yeah okay hey mama (laughs) all right we'll have fun talking about that if you've got your favorite southern sayings hey let us know here email us mail m-a-i-l at y'all dot com and even if we don't squeeze it in today I'll be happy to carry on the Southern Sayings expression in a future y'all show. We've got, in addition to our conversation with Megan before the hour is up, we've got a little Southern history to pass along, including that today marks the anniversary of the founding of the Eisenhower Interstate System. Where would we be without good old Ike coming up with all the interstates of the country? It'd be tough. Have you ever driven on the interstate? Yes, I have. Like how long? What's your furthest trip? Probably like 500 miles. 500 miles. Okay. So you're more of a plane person. I drove two days on the interstate going all the way out to Arizona. You know what? I take that back. Coming out from the socialist state of California. Oh, so you've driven to California. So, yeah. yeah, All right. right. So, so, all right. You beat me. Congratulations. (laughs) But imagine if you'd had to go like on two lane roads and. Oh, yeah. The old Route 66 and all that fun. Probably, although it would have been fun, it would have been long. Yeah. And the Eisenhower Interstate System now celebrating a birthday today. We'll tell you a little bit about that in our Southern History Spotlight. Let's get into a few news items of the day. FedEx office workers, alert, alert. you got to go back to work. They're going to have a three-day-a-week policy now in person. FedEx workers going back to work for the first time since the COVID-19 pandemic starting September. All non-operational workers will be returning to the office for most of the work week. FedEx is Memphis's largest employer with over 30,000 employees. And you got to get back to work, y'all. Going to have to start clogging up. I assume FedEx has more than just Memphis where people have office jobs for FedEx. But at least in, in Memphis, man. 30,000 people are you are you telling me that thousands of those 30,000s have been sitting at home the last couple of years not going in because of the pandemic That's evidently so like. yeah and now three a three-day in-person week i, I kind of like the sound of that <laughs> fedex now and, and ups about to go on strike unless they can solve it fyi you got plans to get out in the gulf of mexico in your yacht anytime soon no I okay don't. well if you are there is a little bit of a controversy going on because there is a proposed restriction for how fast you can go in the gulf of mexico 10 knots so slow it down there megan yes there is a effort put out by the national oceanic and atmospheric administration that's NOAA, and they're having a bill that will be introduced to restrict the speed and it according to one pro-boating group it's an attack on boaters and the boating industry all this i think is to help protect the rice's whale which is in the gulf of mexico and these whales 
How about this? Measure between 300 feet and 1,200 feet. Holy cow. The rice is well, and Noah is trying to restrict the the, the speed that you can go in a boat. The mandatory speed restriction of 10 knots or less. You've got to maintain a 500-yard distance from these whales if you come around one. No boating at night in the 100-meter to 400-meter deep zone. And these whales, it looks like, are off of Alabama and Florida's coast. It looks like they're in the area south of Mobile and going all the way to Apalachicola southward, way out in the Gulf, but it's an area that Noah's trying to create to protect these 1,200 feet. That would be 400 yards, if my math is correct. That's, that's bigger than a football field, an animal. That's, that's a whale of a big fish right there. So boaters not happy. We'll see where this goes. Also, speaking of animals, data from the CDC showing that hospital visits are up for tick bites. National experts are raising awareness over the rise of disease caused by ticks. The CDC reporting a 25% jump in tick-borne disease cases in the country over the last few years and tick population correlates with the deer population and can dramatically vary within a short radius so be extra careful you you doing okay on ticks yeah but they're bad this year are they yeah. you have you had one on you not yet knock on one but it'll happen okay the most common disease caused by ticks rocky mountain spotted fever which brings flu-like symptoms and has about 40 to 50 cases in each of our southern states each year. So several thousand cases of Rocky Mountain spotted fever likely to happen this year. And ticks can also kill the dogs out there in the in the country. So make sure you check your pets for ticks and treat clothing with something called permethrin. Not exactly sure what that is, but um, just be careful. It's summertime and ticks are out on the uh, on the loose Mm -hmm. be careful i had my exterminator stop by earlier this week (laughs) also i want to let you know that we have in our news headlines of the day carl's jr you ever had a carl's jr oh i love carl's you do same as hardy's Uh, you think it's exactly the same i think i think it is too i know it's the same company and almost the same logo it's the same Okay, if you say so. <laughs> Carl's Jr. is going to open its first location in Florida this year. And there's usually been a, a divide between Hardee's and Carl's Jr. Mm-hmm. Hardee's was mostly like southern and, southern and east, east of the yeah. of the Mississippi River, and Carl's Jr. was out yonder. Yep. But, yes, Carl's Jr. opening up a Florida location in Doral, which is where Trump's golf course is. There you'll have a newly refreshed Carl's Jr. with fan favorites like the Black Angus Thick Burger, the hand-breaded chicken tenders, and more. So Donald Trump can roll out of his golf course there in Doral in the Miami area and get him a big old Thick Burger. (laughs) I I miss the – you're going to think I'm old when I say this. I still crave Hardy's attempt at the Big Mac. They had something called the Big Deluxe, and I love to go there and have that. And then they took it off the menu. So they're going to be building this Carl's Jr. in Florida, the first one in Florida. Florida's kind of becoming a hamburger battleground. They've got Whataburger in Florida, and now with Carl's Jr. coming in, 
I just want to make sure our Hardys are going to be okay. I like I like Hardys. I think it's a great historic option for the Southeast, and I hope that Carl's Jr. coming doesn't mean the demise of Hardee's. I sure hope not. What I also, Megan, don't like to see is the demise of our southern vernacular. And when we come back on y'all, you and I are going to have some fun talking about southern sayings. Yes. And words. And words and more. And so <laughs> if y'all have got a favorite southern thing that you want to tell us about, let us know here at the Y'all Show. We would love to hear from you. So that's coming up. Plus, again, some southern history before we get out of here in this final hour of the Wednesday Y'all Show. Mail at y'all.com is the way to get in touch with us here on the show that's all about Dixie. but it sure sounds good welcome back it's y'all talk with an accent on all things southern john and megan headwall here in our final hour of our conversation about the south and dolly parton she's pretty southern and she's got some good southern sayings and megan you and i are going to talk about some southern sayings for a few moments in our fun discussion of what's going on across the south this is the y'all show talk with an accent on the south and yeah we have our own way of talking and our own sayings and yeah i say that as a guy who's born and bred here and there's somebody between the two of us who wasn't <laughs> quite born and bred here so you've had to learn some of these expressions yeah and you're not a yankee i don't know what you are but uh i'm a wh- refugee <laughs> what's your favorite southern expression refugee lady <laughs> i don't have one which one is the most odd for you to hear mm, probably no do what do what that, that they that, don't say that in california no so when we when we moved here we had to learn almost like a whole new language kind of thing um my sister i remember she w- came home one day from school and the teacher had said all right put your books up and she had her book out and her friend was like put it up and she held it the book overhead she's like <laughs> what are you talking about you know uh, see uh, that that's foreign to me that that would mean anything but yeah, they're like, no, go put it away, put it up. And she's like, oh, okay, didn't know that. Um, so that one's kind of funny. Yeah. So putting it up is a Southern expression. Yeah. I, I didn't even know that's how Southern I am. Or <laughs> yeah. maybe I'm ignorant, I don't know. Yeah. And then like the do what kind of the saying, you know, in California, we don't say that would be like, huh? We don't, or no, what? no, don't, don't put yourself in California. In California, they, <laughs> they we, thank you. <laughs> we, they, <laughs> they say, uh, you know, We'd be like, huh, or what? We're kind of, they're kind of rude over there. Are they? Yeah, we don't, you, they don't. I keep saying we. It's all right. You're transitioning. (laughs) Well, it's been 13 years. (laughs) They say, they don't say ma'am or sir. Never. Never. So we would have neighbors and friends come over and our mom would say something and we're like, what? And they're like, ma'am. And we're like, we're not saying. Are you talking about when you came to the South? Yeah, when we came, when we moved to Tennessee. They're like, you're disrespectful, you know. They would say that to you. Yeah, and we're like, 
no, we're not, but it is. And then it just becomes a habit even when I went to college. So if I go to California and somebody gives me something, I say, thank you, ma'am. They're going to, it's the same thing as when I went up north for school. It becomes a habit. You feel like you have to say ma'am or sir after something. But up north? Even, they don't use it up there either. Yeah, but when you do use it up there, what? They, they say, oh, uh, no, don't don't call me that. They They view it as almost disrespectful. Kind of like, oh, you're calling me old or something like that. I'm like, it's, nope. I said, I mean it out of respect. I don't mean any disrespect by it. This is just how it is. But me being Mr. Southern, I like to make people uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. No, I'm just but I, mean, I really want to make <laughs> sure I turn on. I turn on my Southern even more when I'm not in the South. I, I try to do that too. No, you don't. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> when I go up there, you got to be kidding me. My my Becca, who came on. The I know show. Becca. Yep. How's she doing? She's good. How's her mom and them? Her mom and them. They're they're all good. Okay. But even when I come up there, her daughter makes the comp, the statement. Her youngest daughter. She's like, every time Megan comes up, everybody starts talking with a little twang. I'm like, oh, I like rubbing off on people. Uh, look at you, our southern expert here, <laughs> right. Megan. All right, what else you got? So bless your heart. That see that one's so syrupy. I think that one's kind of fake, well, in my opinion. But it, but it has two different meanings. You know. All right. You well, can, tell me the meaning. You know, you can either mean bless your heart, like oh, you poor thing, or bless your heart, as in you know, go pound sand. Basically, it's an insult. Mm-hmm. Well, bless your heart. <laughs> okay. Do you ever say that? Say that? No, that's not one I use. No. No. Uh, one that I haven't heard. Speaking of ticks, this season, uh, full as a tick. I haven't heard anyone use that one Ever? before. Ever. Okay. Oh, I'm as full you know as how a tick. You, yeah, you know how you would use it, like if you like if you ate too much. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I've never used that one or heard that one. I, I think I may have said it, but that's a uh, that's not really as much southern as it is country. Country. And I'm not very good on the, on the hardcore country expressions myself. So yeah. please tell me what else. <laughs> uh, over yonder, I learned with yonder, you have to look at what direction they're looking at yeah. or pointing at. If they say, "Oh, it's over yonder," mm-hmm. you have no clue unless you're paying attention to where they're looking. But fixing to. Yeah, I like that we one. We don't use that one <laughs> in, ca- in, the, in the communist state of California. The, they don't use fixing to. No, nope, they don't. They just say, "I'm going to." Oh, how boring! <laughs> it how is boring. boring. <laughs> Uh, call, saying someone's being ugly, learning that it's not the way that you look, it's your attitude is being ugly. Don't use that one. That's not used outside the South? No, all of these. Man, this is so educational, Megan. <laughs> you found a new hobby. <laughs> I guess I did. Uh, I haven't heard this one. I don't know if you have. I guess it's like an older one. More than Carter's got little pills. I guess that Carter's... I thought, I thought it was liver... I thought it was liver pills. Well, but but I, I could be little, wrong. I no, could be wrong. No, you're right. He, it, I guess they used to sell little liver pills or something like that, but... I think it's liver pills, but no. maybe I just wasn't hearing it correctly. Well, you know, sometimes you hear things and yeah. you got in your head what it is, but it actually isn't that. Kind of like song lyrics. Don't yeah. you hate when the artist sings it wrong? Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> that is absolutely true. But... And then Hill of Beans yeah. as a measurement never heard of that well it's just an expression i don't give a hill of beans about something yeah that's how i would use it yeah never heard that. it's a nicer way of saying i don't give a hoot yeah i don't (laughs) give another word that i'm thinking (laughs) by the way we've got a text coming in i appreciate those of you who text us each and every day on the y'all show and texter says it it is liver pills liver pills carter's liver pills okay never had one don't want one no uh they might be good i don't know if they, i guess they probably still maybe they don't make them anymore <laughs> i don't know 
this is some of the the liver pills one came from southernliving.com oh okay they got it wrong we'll have to let them know they got it wrong they need to stick with what they do best which is talking about flowers gardens and homes there was they leave the southern (laughs) cultural stuff up to us which i'm not kidding i used to go up against southern living with my magazine y'all magazine and that was my whole pitch yeah southern living truly is all about flowers gardens and recipes they can have that yeah we're about the people the culture (laughs) the fun the 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 celebrities and more of y'all and we still are doing that here at y'all.com and the y'all show and today we're doing it courtesy of megan headwall my last one i have this actually our neighbors up the road they had some friends that were looking to move to tennessee and uh when they did they wanted to cut a tree a couple feet off their back porch so they went down uh, to the county offices and said hey we want to cut this tree do we need a permit and they pulled out the land maps and all that and they said well that's your tree they're like yeah so how much is the permit to cut down this tree she's like sir that's your tree you can cut it down she said we're not going to houdini you or nothing <laughs> and that one that one was we're not going to trick you so. okay so you're saying in california you got to get permission to cut down your own tree oh absolutely yeah you have to get permission to cut down your own tree we had we had uh, where we lived some folks behind us they you have to pay for a permit someone has to come out and look at the tree and they can still say no you can't cut it down and you don't get that money back that you put down so what they did was they paid for this permit someone came out looked at it said you cannot cut down this tree nailed some spikes into the tree killed the tree paid for another permit guy came out and goes oh yeah that tree's dead go ahead and take it out like this is how ridiculous california is let me tell you a southern expression for what you're talking about that ain't right that ain't right it just ain't right (laughs) no Uh, what if i went out in california and said that expression they probably look at you like you're crazy yeah well i I didn't make fun of you (laughs) i I really don't care you know the only time i've ever been to california you'll be proud of this i got invited to go to california oh you shouldn't have gone and the only reason i got invited was because of y'all and the southern thing i got invited to go out there to be on a tv show about about the south and i went out there and it's the only time i've ever been to los angeles oh you never want to go back i'd go back did you see all the smog it's got i didn't i stayed in uh, beverly hills oh the smog's there too the air quality is terrible it's so bad there i wasn't gonna hang out there too often but yeah just i will tell you the ride from lax to my hotel was uh quite an adventure oh yeah because we didn't go on the road we went on like we went through shopping centers Uh my cab this was in the days of cabs (laughs) and the cab driver he knew how to get to our hotel going through different parking lots oh okay and it worked it it worked well traffic so bad but uh it was it was a good experience and never again though no if they call me up i mean look they paid for me to go out there i I like that i like that kind of arrangement but it was it was it was a good time even though it was away from the south but i was out there representing the south could you believe that the e entertainment network had a show that they invited me to come on called i think it was 50 steamy southerners Hmm. and i went out there and talked about some of our fellow southerners on that show 20 years ago is when that was that was actually the first time i ever was uh in the knowledge of a guy named leslie howard and he was the actor that just died in the last couple of months he was on that same show that i was on and uh hell i thought excuse my southern expression there i thought i was supposed to go out there and be serious which i was i was serious when they asked me about this person and that person i gave them a serious answer and leslie howard 
who is uh, originally from Chattanooga, he is a comedian. Mm-hmm. And so he would get all comedic with his responses. And then other people on the show were all being funny. It's one of those shows that they'll repeat 500 times. And nobody told me to be funny. And I, and I think I'm funny. <laughs> but I would have been funny if they had just told me I was being all serious. So I'm not on there very much if you ever find a copy of that thing. But yeah. but uh, I would have had something to say about it if had I had known about it but anyway that's water under the bridge is that a southern expression no i think everybody uses oh that come somewhere. on sorry um we'll, we'll get there but uh we love our region we love our expressions yes and i'll bet you in california they don't have anything close to the creative expressions that we come up with here no in the don't. south i think you know the south they might laugh at us did i say leslie howard i'm sorry yeah. leslie jordan thank you texter i'm an idiot <laughs> Leslie Jordan is who I was talking about. Have you heard of Leslie Jordan? No, I haven't. Okay. I know he was on a bunch of TV shows, and he was on this particular E! Entertainment show that I was on. But, uh, yeah, he was he was funny on that. That's the first time I ever remember seeing him. And then he really got famous during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. He ended up being stuck in Chattanooga and started putting stuff left and right on social media, and he was hilarious. <laughs> and he was very Southern in his uh, stuff. And he passed away. I think last year he died out in California, and I think he died in a car wreck, oh. but it might have been caused by another health ailment. Yeah. And uh, it's too bad. how about this texter here saying that Leslie Jordan, he was funny as all get out. <laughs> I bet you they don't say that in California. They do. No way. Come on. Other places. Stop lying to me. <laughs> Stop lying to me, Megan. Hey, thank you for the great uh, conversation today. Always fun to catch up with you. and. And again, here on the Y'all Show, we are very proud of our southernness. And we may have these expressions that people in places like California and Michigan laugh at. Up north. Up up north, out west, wherever. But, you know, that's what makes the south different. Well, there's no place I'd rather be than right here in the south. Could we put that on a t-shirt, maybe? Sure. I'm sure it already is. (laughs) (laughs) No place I'd rather be. You need to run for president of the south how's that sound because you know i know you're missing political office oh my goodness no and and you don't need to be the mayor of some town or even a governor you need to be so you think the south's going to secede i'm for it i'm i'm not against it i'm for it too <laughs> heck yeah that's my woman right there you know a guy can't run anymore it's got to be a woman it's a woman's world uh, i don't know if you got that memo no yeah women are women are in charge and even if they're not they ought to be well it doesn't look like it you see about the miss netherlands thing a man won a women's. Uh, you talking about the Miss yeah. USA or Miss, organization? Yeah, the, the U- beauty pageant stuff. You know, Trump sold it, and the place just went downhill. <laughs> you know, Trump owned that thing. No, I wasn't aware. Yeah, of that. he owned the Miss USA pageant for a number of years. Yeah, and uh, that's how even some of the people that worked in the White House with him early on came from that organization. He bought it somewhere around two thousand two or three, okay. and made it very profitable very profitable in fact supposedly that was the scoop they had on him from russia that he was trying to do a a miss universe because the miss universe pageant is part of the miss usa miss Mm -hmm. that same deal right and supposedly there was a uh, trump visit to russia and things happened in a hotel room and that was always going to be the rumor that that's that's why trump was beholden to russia because they had the the, the goods on him because mm-hmm. he was over there doing bad things. No, he was doing bad things here in America. He didn't need to go to Russia for that. 
But I, we, we we still like Trump, bless his heart, right? <laughs> Do you mean that in the good way or the Trump bad is way? a fellow Southerner. We got to protect Trump. You know, he's like you. He came south and now lives in Mar-a-Lago. But uh, but now he's he's got a checkered past. But who does it? Except you. I think you're you're probably a saint, Saint Megan. All right, thank you, Megan. Always good to catch up with you. And see y'all Monday. And a teaser Monday. I'm going to do the heavy lifting when you're here Monday. Okay. Because newsflash, you're going to be gone for a couple of days. Yes, I. You're leaving us, not like permanently. Yeah, hopefully not. Not like (laughs) up uplifting to up there. Right. But you're going to Michigan. Yes, I am. Not exactly the place I would probably go this time of year, but it is a lovely place. I've been there briefly. And so Monday, I'm going to go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. Is that oh. a Southern expression? Nope, I think everybody uses it. Come that. on now, you're hurting my feelings. <laughs> I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. I'm going to do the heavy lifting Monday when you're on here because I'm going to give you the opportunity to enjoy a Michigan vacation right here in the South. Oh. You can go to Detroit. <laughs> you can go. I, I wouldn't want to go to Detroit. Even check out a car Michigan. assembly line like they have in Michigan. Okay. You can check that out. You can have it some Michigan food even. I think you can. And more importantly, we can send you to Michigan City. All right here in the south. You don't have to go to Michigan, that other Michigan. You can stay here. And I'm going to do my darndest to convince you to stay. All right. So... We're going to have that on Monday when you're back here with us. Megan Edwall, thank you very much. Michigander, wannabe. We'll come right back here. No? Okay. We'll come right back here and talk a little Southern history as the Y'all Show wraps up this Wednesday edition. Thank you for listening. been running my mouth during the break and daggummit i don't have any music to play i need to not be running my mouth eh? hey let me catch up with a text or two that has come in here to the y'all show before we get into a conversation about history in this final hour of our wednesday edition of y'all so we were talking earlier with megan and good to have her on the y'all show texter here letting us know when we were talking about how there's a proposal from NOAA to reduce the speed limit off the Gulf of Mexico off of Alabama and Florida where this whale is out there being a whale and NOAA's proposing that they reduce the speed limit for boats down to 10 knots 10 knots Texture, I didn't, I didn't act like I didn't know I tried to be all nautical and just skip right through this when I was telling y'all this that 10 knots was the proposed speed limit and i'm sure some of you thought well how fast is that what is i'm not a seaman i don't know what 10 knots is well texter here and i'm gonna have to go with you texter because i'm not an admiral i'm just a general but according to the texter that's 11 and a half miles per hour is what 10 knots is so i'm gonna have to yield to you commodore on that one Another text here says that uh, by reducing that speed limit, it's going to be hard to go tubing out in the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, I, I bet you it would be. <laughs> yeah, 10, 10 knots, 11.5 miles an hour. I'm trying to think the last time I went tubing, and it might have been 
40 years ago, if I really sit and think about it, I have not tubed on a river. I know a lot of you in the South, that's a favorite pastime, is going up and down our rivers tubing. I've only gone water skiing truly two times and only successfully did it one time. And uh, But tubing... Now, I've seen people tube. I, I think I went out just three years ago and with my buddy... My buddy had a boat, which is always the best scenario when your buddy's got a boat. It's not only a buddy. It's my childhood best friend. He got him a new boat to go tubing and water skiing and hang out on the lake. And it was a nice boat, too. And, yeah, we did go out, and our little ones went tubing. The two of us dudes and our two boys had a good day hanging out at the lake. I was just at my buddy's house the other day. And y'all, I got some sad news. He sold his boat. He doesn't have a boat anymore. I can't go to, but in fact, I kind of, in a a not so shy way, tried to bring up the boat to him, hoping that maybe we could go boating. And that's when I found out he has no boat in his life. He's got uh, love on his mind. And it ain't the love of a boat. It's the love of a a lady. And she's got him uh, wrapped around her lifeboat, I guess you could say, right now. So that's what's going on. Hey, let's. uh, I think that catches us up on our texts that have come in through the break, and I apologize. Again, Megan uh, and I had such a good time that I, I failed to come back from the break with music, but I will do my darndest to not have that happen again. Shame on me. Shame on me. I need to go out there and get in my dinghy and go 10 knots as a penalty for that. All right, let's catch you up on what we were going to talk about here in this segment of the Y'all Show. This is a discussion of Southern history. Southern history, once again. We have consultants here at the Y'all Show. You know, we're a show that we pay big money to get feedback on our program. And the consultants are telling us that we need to talk a little bit more history and even a little bit more politics. So maybe you've noticed that today. We've we've adjusted our editorial plan and have brought in a little bit more of a opinion piece. I had one consultant tell me, you know, people listen to this show because they want to hear your opinion. That would be my opinion. I, I don't try to give my opinion that much, but this person's telling me yeah, people want to hear talk shows because they want to hear your opinion. Well, I want to hear y'all's opinion, but I guess... <laughs> I guess I'll give you my opinion sometimes, too. How does that sound? Is that is that fair enough? Is that what you really want? Is that what you want, what you really, really want? Well, that's what you're going to get. That's what you're going to get. And actually, it's actually fun, and it's easy, frankly, as a host, to sit here and just ramble as opposed to trying to pull up some of the stuff that I've done here because, hey, when you do a show like we do five times a week, and um, three hours a day, yeah, it 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 can get it can get a little. I won't say tedious because this is not a tough job. This is a fun job. This is this is an honor to be sitting here talking about the South with you here. But um, yeah, we we do appreciate the opportunity to come on here and give you our opinion now so we're going to do it and we're going to talk more history and speaking of history today i'm going to give you a little lesson as it was in this week in history that the 16th amendment to the united states constitution 
went forward. The 16th Amendment to the Constitution is what we all have been waiting for. It gives you an income tax. Passed by Congress in 1909 after a 1895 Supreme Court case, Pollock versus Farmers Loan and Trust, this 16th Amendment ratified the final number of states to make it official happened in 1913 and it overruled the Supreme Court's Pollock versus Farmers Loan and Trust ruling. So prior to the early 20th century before this thing came into effect, most federal revenue came from tariffs rather than from taxes. And so Congress had to often impose excise taxes on various goods and this income tax created with the proposed and passage of the 16th Amendment would go into effect in the early part of the 20th century. The actual amendment says the Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived without apportionment among the several states and without regard to any census or enumeration. A federal income tax came to be in the early 20th century this week. Congratulations, everybody. The last state to ratify it, I believe, was Delaware, as it was the 36th state at that time to ratify it. The first state to ratify the 16th Amendment was Alabama. Actually, most of the southern states were the ones jumping on board for this thing. I guess they were ready to get rid of tariffs. Alabama was 1909, Kentucky 1910, Mississippi 1910. This thing took about three or four years to get through the various state legislatures, but it did. And the 16th Amendment became the law of the land some 115 years ago. Also, this week in history, it was the establishment of the Interstate Highway System, also known as the Dwight D. Eisenhower National System of Interstate and Defense Highways. And it was formed this week back in 1956. Interstates, where will we be without them? And all because of Ike. Ike, who saw what the Germans did during World War II with the creation of the Autobahn, as Hitler's troops would use the Autobahn to easily get back and forth across German territory. They could go from east to west relatively easy. And it was a game changer for that country at the time. And then good old American ingenuity and allied power and manpower too helped destroy Nazism and Hitler's Germany. As great of the as great as the Autobahn is, a good old B fifty two bomber and the other Allied aircraft and airborne troops and the other Allied forces took over the Autobahn rather easily once America got ashore in Normandy in nineteen forty four. But it was this Eisenhower Interstate System which is a network of controlled access highways formed as part of the National Highway System. And you can go 
on this thing in every southern state, of course, every state in the country. Did you realize you could even get on an interstate in Hawaii, Alaska, and Puerto Rico? You can do that. I've seen it. There's actually, what is the name of that interstate? I, I, I'm a, I like maps. And let's see, if you want to travel down to San Juan, I know that's on your travel itinerary, itinerary soon, right? If you want to travel on down to San Juan for a little summertime break and you want to get on the interstate there, that interstate in San Juan, Puerto Rico, is identified as interstate. Come on. I just had it up. Come on, you guys. San Juan, Puerto Rico, interstate. Come on, eyesight. Don't fail me now. Looks like. I'm not not seeing it. I apologize. I could have sworn. Okay, let let me move over to the other part of the world and Hawaii. They don't have one, an interstate that I'm aware of on all of the Hawaiian islands, but at least on Oahu, you can travel in Honolulu on interstate. Oh, what is that? 1001? One? It looks like they have maybe more than one interstate connected. I don't know. Honolulu is a big place. Really big city, actually. It's one of our biggest cities in the country. So, yeah, they got interstates, but they don't really go outside. They're, they're, they're all internal. But, yeah, interstates, a big part of our world that we live in. Imagine where we, we, we would be without them. Imagine how difficult it would be to get around. How about our commerce, the amount of trucks that are on our interstates? And, by the way, if you're one of our great long-haul truck drivers, thank you for what you do, the important role that you have. At one time, rails were such a huge part of our country and, and the way we traveled as well as hauling commerce and rails still have a purpose and they're still used but my goodness the trucks the way they're constantly on the highways and the the toll that they take on the highways and the the, the road systems requiring the constant upgrades and upkeep because of that weight caused by the trucks and thank goodness that the Dwight D. Eisenhower National System of Interstate and Defense Highways happened and it happened this week in history in the 1950s and now you can easily get down to the mountains of your choice or you can get down to the beach of your choice or you can get down to see the grandkids usually in a couple hours if they live a long way away you can still get there relatively easy thanks to this network of highways connecting so much of our country the odd thing about it though is Dwight Eisenhower, the Texas-born president and former five-star general, of course, he claims Kansas as his home state, even though he was born in Texas. And the first stretch of the Eisenhower interstate system happened in Kansas, in the Sunflower State. And it happened in Topeka, the Topeka to Kansas City stretch there I do believe was the first interstate portion 
of the country. I, I, I think I remember seeing the sign. And uh, having been in Topeka a few years ago, it really ticked me off because there are toll booths on I-70 today, even though this thing got built in the 1950s for this toll road between Topeka and Kansas City, which is not all that far. It's an hour, maybe, between the two cities. What do they got to, why do they need a toll for something that's been in existence nearly 70 years out in Kansas? Uh, well, that's my interstate rant of the day, but uh, Dwight Eisenhower, the Texas native, take that, Kansas. Thank you for your help, sir, in getting our interstate systems of the country established back in the 50s. Back in those good old days. And I still remember growing up in the 70s, seeing many areas of the South have interstate systems being built at that time. I'll never forget traveling to Charlotte, North Carolina, and we would have to go for a little bit on an interstate and then get off the highway and then get back on it and get off. And we just saw in the recent years Interstate 22 get established that connects Birmingham to Memphis. And I remember for many years traveling that road, Highway 78, you'd get on, you'd get off, get on, get on. That we still have some interstates being constructed. It's not often. We got one going on in in uh in the south right now, Interstate 69. Now most of that is finished in Kentucky, but stretches of it in northwest Tennessee are still in construction. Dyersburg, they're building a bypass around Dyersburg or, or no Union City. Yeah, Union City is where that's happening right now. And so you got you got a lot of interstate construction still going on, even though it's now been 70 years since Dwight D. Eisenhower's system first started going. Okay, that's enough highway talk, don't you think? We're going to wrap this show. We got to take, to, to pardon the expression, we got to take this show on the road. And we're going to do that when the Y'all Show comes right back after this commercial break. Well, thank you very much for being a part of our program about the South today. Thanks to Megan. We'll be back here on Thursday with more Southern fun. We've got an update from Nashville, Tennessee, all the country music news and happenings, plus other sports excitement and more. As part of y'all, we'll see you Thursday. Thanks for listening.